scripture is very clear that um, God has called all of us, every one of us, you, 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 all of us. And He didn't just call us to save us, He has called us into His ministry. Right? And I like the, 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 the people were saying earlier, the men were justifying. It's a personal thing. God's speaking to everybody personally. So everybody's calling is not exactly the same. But nonetheless, there's a requirement of you. God wants you to do something. History, ancient history, and even past current history um, prove that most don't accept that invitation. I want to share two glaring symbols that represent God's calling the ministry, the way God uses objects to, to speak about it. But before I do that, I want you to remember what we went through getting to here. You're getting to where you're at. Everybody has to transverse, transverse those periods of time where they're confused. Right? So you're confused right now. But confusion is prevalent in the, in, in the history and the life of mankind. So this man right here, he was confused. What must I do? See, the manner in which he asked the question brings confusion. Questions. And the questions about that, the questions are, are our way of, of trying to clarify what we don't understand. I'm confused. What do I got to do? Because all of us were a bit perplexed just before accepting Jesus Christ into our heart. Right? And so we, God got, He works and He uses strange ways, man, circumstances, the scripture, to get you through that confusion just to get you saved. Right? Then we take that leap of faith and we get, I mean, we want to ask for, for salvation. Right? But prior to salvation, we're all a little bit of a, we're mixed up. In fact, the Bible says, we talked about it, He says that you or an enmity with God. You're hostile to God. So prior to salvation, I don't care where you're at, you say, oh, I like God. No, you did If you weren't serving Him, you were hostile to Him. Now, don't get mad at me. That's what Scripture says. Let me tell you what Scripture says. Amen? So you're there. Enmity, which means deep-rooted hatred. Why? Because we're in the world. Was anybody ever in the world? Party in the world? Right? Shake, shake that thing in the world. Do your thing in the world. See, when you're in the world and your friendship for the world, the Bible says the friendship of the world is the enemy of God. Romans 8, 7, 8, and so it's like the sinful mind. Now, if you weren't sinful before salvation or now, and this is not pertaining to you, but for those of us who had a sinful mind, it says in Romans chapter uh, 7, 8, verse 7, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by their sinful nature cannot please God. For anyone absorbed himself ignores God, enemy of God. But God pulls us through that confusion and gets us saved, and then He steps us into Christianity. I used to always say this man, you got me saved and you messed me all up. Right? You make it through your first trials, right? You, you, you move along. And, and really, I'm not kidding when I say this. When I got saved, I really thought, when I stopped smoking dope, when I'm not going to use smoking dope, when I stopped smoking dope, 
you know, putting stuff on my nose, and I'm not talking about dicks. Amen. <laughs> when I stop putting stuff on my nose, things in my bloodstream, hello, somebody. Stop drinking. When I stop cussing. When I, when I stop wanting to shoot and stab people. But not me. When I stopped that, I actually thought I was like Jesus. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm like Jesus. Why? Because I don't want to stop nobody today. Like, they get in my face. I don't even get mad at Wow, I'm like Jesus. I can't be like Jesus. Man, that guy offered me some dope. I said, no. Ooh. I was, that's how naive I was. Then I realized, you don't get credit for being normal. I was just normal. I thought I got credit. Like, I'm like, Jesus, no, you're normal. Before you were not. That's when I realized, man, I'm in trouble. You want, you want, I got to do more? Wow, God, man, I got more confused. Right? I'm in, anybody can like that? Because, you know, you, you come in out like, what? What? You what? Be holy? Yeah, right. You know, I'm, I'm confused. So now I'm stepping in. So then God can bring trials, right? And you go, well, I'm going to go to a child. I'm trying to serve God. You go to this child, that child. You know, and you go, right? And then the devil likes you. You had the easier in the world. Don't believe that one. You are sucked up and ugly. And you don't have it easier no more. Amen? You're all messed up. And you mess ate all your teeth. What do you do? You brush your teeth? No, you don't brush your teeth. You brush your tooth. Right? He said, you're all messed up. You come to God and you get better, right? So you go, you go through your first couple of uh, uh, trials, right? And you make it through, right? And maybe you're there. You make it through. And that's the confusion. And then what happens? Because I'm a ministry there. And now we say, you know, you need to get involved. Oh, wait a minute. You need to get involved, man. Are you lucky I'm saying? No, you're lucky you're saying. We're trying to keep you safe. Because you can't lose it. And, and getting involved helps you with that walk. Because nobody can walk alone. Oh, you think you can walk alone? Because you know why? If you walk alone, you make your own decision, nobody's there to tell you, that's stupid. To keep you lying. You, you know, you're not, yeah, although you're right most of the time, you're not right all the time. And sometimes somebody got to say, dude, be cool. Girl, what's wrong with you? Right? Help, help each other. Now we involve you. Now you get involved. But then what happens when we ask you to get involved? More confusion. Then people lie to you. Well, you know, our church is not to get involved. You just show up. You don't even have to take care of Because nobody really knows you anyway. Just walk in and you walk out. You know what, Victor Alex? They're not, they're, 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 they should do that. Yes, we did. Yes, we should. Well, we are. Because what, what the Bible says. Let me just tell you something the Bible says. Now, if you want to hear what you want to hear, there's a lot of people scratch your ear, you know. And I know they're scratching your ear. I can tell because you walk around like this. Hey, Amen? Why, somebody's scratching your ear, man. Bah, wow, you can get the ear. You go through a first, then you get to the trial, and then we ask, you guys, you guys got to get involved. Why? Because, again, involvement is not for the churches, but the involvement is for you. Hmm? Well, then you get past that confusion. Because you're confused, right? Then you walk and you want to get deeper. And what happens as you're getting deeper with God, the closer you get to God, the more He exposes your flesh. 
And the more he exposes who you are, the uglier you feel. Right? It's, it's like that. Yeah, anybody ever wake up with like those third eye pimples? You know what I'm talking about? Those big giant pimples? They're so big you feel like you have a horn, you're like a unicorn. Well, if you go to the mirror, right, and you turn the light off, that pimple looks fine. Looks cool to me. But the moment you turn that light on, boom, like a red light, beep, boop, beep, beep, right, beep, right? Because the light is on. Well, see, when you come to church, God is not putting that kind of light on you. He's just trying to get you saved, get you to confusion. Then he knows that he knows where you're heading, so he gets you involved and introduces you to people. He wants to get you more involved. Maybe you should take Bible class or, or get involved in life and learn a little more. Why? Because God knows what's coming. I know what's coming. People have been around know what's coming. You don't. And you're going. Right? But as you, and it's personal, as we help you along that walk, and we usher you close to God, all of a sudden you wake up one morning, and you look in the mirror, and there's a big, giant zip. I'm talking like pipes, peak, all white in the top, you know what I'm talking about? But hey, the Holy Ghost is the proactive. You, you ain't got to pop it, just put some Holy Ghost on it. You'll get, you'll get rid of it, amen? You don't want to pop because if you pop it, you get a scar. Um, so we get you through that because you got to get involved. You know, the flesh gets in the way, right? What, what does Dr. Chucky say? Sometimes we have to beat the flesh out of you. Mm, that's the closest you can get the custom. Amen? Mind the pulpit anyway. <laughs> we have to because you're, you're growing. God is exposing it personally. He starts showing you things. And then, right at that moment, people, and we're all human. We don't like it. And then we don't think it's God. We say, man, God is trying to speak on me. Why are you doing wrong, man? Or, or, or yeah, he's trying to speak on me. And then because of that, you don't know what happened. God begins to expose things. But, but when you don't like it, you're going to bring, you're going to bring What will happen over time, as the church grows, the people that get most of the blame of why you're all messed up and why things ain't right and why they're going to do whatever they're going to do, I see right here. It's him. It's him. It's him. It's him. It's, him. it's never them. Right? Why? And there's none of that. It's just the Holy Ghost is like opening your light on you and trying to show you, you. Because it's personal. And we're, as I teach, like I'm teaching now, I'm trying to get you past that confusion. Because if you haven't gotten there yet, be a good year, you're going to get there soon. It's a part of the process of growing, right? Well, well, well I like what he said. Uh, Pastor Tom said it, or, or one of those guys said, you have to respect the process. Because the process is the process. It's not about the people. It's just part of the process of becoming a man or a woman of God. Part of it. So you go, you go into that confusion, right? Right? See, people need human contact. So no one lives unto himself, or no one dies unto himself. We need contact. And so that's the involvement in the people help you get through it. Then you're involved. Then you're involved. And it's not my fault. You're involved because that, that's the Christian life. Because I mean, many people, most people won't go out to evangelize or see, or be a pastor or anything. None of that. Most will just be in a church and be a pillar and be involved. Have their job, their career, whatever it may be. But you're going to be involved.
not to your benefit, not to the church, it's to your benefit. And then a few of you, Paul to God really such a mystery. He wants to put you in the ministry. Now, it's really confusing. Because that's what you're going to say. You're going to get involved. And God's going to say, I need you to put you down. I need you to do this. Yeah, how much money do I get? None. You're poor, broke, nada. I'm calling you to be poor. So you're so poor. You're going to be so poor. You can't even get the OR. You're just poor. And then you're going to say, oh, I don't want to. Well, okay. If, if, remember, it's personal. Not everybody's going to be poor. Ministry going over because you got to sacrifice stuff. Huh? But God's going to cost something. And so when that happens, even though you will still get mad at me, don't get mad at me. It's personal. It's just you and the Lord. You have your battle with God. When you're done with it, and you're all bleeding. I'll come and try to put some tape on it. No, but I think you need the Lord. My job is to walk into that confusion. Why? Because I can help a person at that point. Right? Well, you know why? Because I had to go through it. I can help you through that confusion if you want to go through the confusion. If you don't want to go through that call, then you'll figure a way out of it. You'll, you'll figure a way out of it and blame me. And that's okay. I took the day. But it's personal. You know, everybody's got to make their own bone. You've got to walk, right? But what happens when you get into ministry, and this is where, this is where I find the most problems. Those who step into ministry are your friend, your neighborhood, they're just like you. But because they take that step into ministry, that step into ministry gives them access. Access to mysteries, knowledge, and anointings that people just involved in church just don't get. Right? They don't get no matter how hard they try. There's a problem. Because the people and involvement feel, because they've been around, they have the same access to this person. You have, you're saved. God will use you where you're at. But when you involve yourself in the ministry, all of a sudden you have a little bit different access. That's your choice. You want the access or you don't. Now, again, some of you, are part of what I'm talking about, you're confused. Maybe God hasn't called you yet. Maybe He has. That's personal. But when you've decided and you come to the conclusion that it is for you, that's why I come in. Now, the rest of you, no. You have, you have ministerial staff to help you, to guide you, to like with leaders, and they're going to help you because you're not called to that. You're called to what? Just build a church so we can expand and send kids all over the place, and you may never go out. And if that's you, praise God. I would rather be a, a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in tents of wickedness. Hmm? And that's what the vast majority of us should be. Be happy, enjoy yourself. You know, in, uh, Jeremiah, he talks about have children, build homes, have, uh, get sons and daughters, prosper, help the city prosper. So as the city prospers, so, so shall you prosper also. And that's, what, that's part of our charge to do that. But I know this, for some that have another step. Amen? But there's two symbols. I talked about earlier, right? Two symbols that really speak to what I'm trying to give you. So Jesus used a couple of uh, symbols to, 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 to focus us on, on Christian commitment. In Matthew 11, 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Like I said earlier, ministry is opportunity. And the yoke of ministry will not fit on the stiff neck. Stiff with stiff neck. Stiff neck, stubborn, proud. God's clear. It says God resists the power. So if you want ministry, you want opportunity, hey, the first thing that has to be dealt with in your life is pride. Not that anybody's proud here, right? Mm-hmm. See, farmers use, they call the harness a team of horses or mules to pull a plow or a wagon. This collar was made of leather with padding around the, uh, the neck area to protect the animal. And he also had it around the front to protect the forequarters so the animal would not become disabled. The collar was made with, with a leather strap and buckle at the top, and the buckle was rounded to provide comfort to the animal. The buckle was something rounded. When the harness was put on the car, it was designed to get the most even, even, balanced pull and least pressure on a horse or mule or oxen. If the equipment shifted, the animal would, would develop a sore. If they weren't wearing that, that, that collar right, then the animal would become so stiff-necked that you could not turn him at all. He would only go the way he wanted to go. So what happens oftentimes, I find, and maybe I've been guilty of trying to put ministry on people who weren't called to ministry. And then you're, you're, you take it, and because maybe your life's not bad, for whatever reason, you begin to develop a sore. How do I know you develop a sore? Because obviously you get stiff-necked, right? And you don't want to go. But you want to go. I said, uh oh, I got me a stiff neck one. So now, what has to happen, what has happened is, is I either have to remove the collar because they're not ready for it, so I can heal the wound, huh? or the animal will become crippled. Very interesting uh, object there in Acts 751. Paul is writing, or rather Luke, the writer is writing, and he says, you stiff-necked people, look at the, oh, the trick, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your father did, so do you. Why? Because they didn't want to receive the message of the gospel. So he called him stiff-necked. He only wanted to go and do what they wanted to do. Because they thought they knew everything, not realizing that they've never had access to the mysteries. Oh, they read about it. They probably seen Benny Hinn, blonde people. They probably did all kinds of stuff. Probably watched uh, Christian TV, but never had the access to them. So they misinterpreted what ministry was. And they began to become critical because they thought they knew better. Paul called him stiff-necked. Conversely, Jesus is amazing to me. He says, about that same kind of yoke, Paul called him stiff-necked, but Jesus says, look, take my yoke upon you, that yoke. Learn from me, for I am gentle, humble heart, 
will find rest in souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if that's true, and, and you're getting involved, say you're beginning to get involved, you're getting So if it's like that, if it's personal and Jesus is moving you along, and if it's not easy, what's, what do you think the problem is? Remember, it's personal. Because at this point, when people have problems, they get, begin to blame the pastor. If it's personal, and you're having issues in ministry, listen, the problem is not the yoke. The problem is the animal. So Jesus says his yoke is easy. His yoke is light. So if you actually put on Jesus' yoke, it's easy. If it's not easy, you're fighting. Because it's personal. You can't blame nobody. You see the, the mule as he's walking down with that yoke on his back, right? Going down, he's all oh, this is Harvard. He overlooked it. He's stupid frog. It's your fault. Yeah. No, it's personal. If it's not easy, it's because you're doing something wrong. That's the only way I can attribute why I'm still here for 31 years and never backslid. Because every time it gets hard, I know who to blame. Me. So I've learned when it's hard, if I blame somebody else, I'm in trouble because it's personal. Most people they don't, they don't say me. It's always real. What is real? Shoot, passion regards me. The real pain. No, when it's hard, it's me. So you have to understand when you're involved in ministry, it's difficult. It's not the people. It's not circumstances. It's more ninety-nine point nine percent because there is that one exception. But most times it's you. God is trying to tell you something. I got told some stuff, and I go, okay, okay, God. What did I do? What are you trying to show me? I go, oh, I got you. Cool. And once I accepted that God was teaching me, it didn't bother me anymore. I was kind of like, happy. Because what I took responsibility for it. My job is to teach you to take responsibility for it. Well, it's hard here. It's not the director. You. It's all you. You over there in the woman's home. It's you. If you have a hard time, it's all you. Take responsibility. You want to grow. It's you. Say it's you. Look at the song. Only you. So here Jesus is telling us, walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. So Jesus wants us to learn a word of grace. Because huh? he he'll never lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. It's easy. Right? So, so as I come, God has people who are trying to strategize to humanize. And we're looking at humans to, to do God's will because you are his hands, you're his voice, you're his feet. As a, as a man of God, I'm trying to, who, who, who can I choose? Then I go to people and I just give opportunity where they accept it on them. Right? So what, but if they accept it and it's God, and I believe it is God, then they're going to have to adjust to God. God's not going to adjust to them. See, because if you want your way and do it your way, your lifestyle, and serve God, it doesn't work. Then it gets a little hard. But can I still keep it with my homies? No, I'm 
oh, but God's not calling you. You're going to make it difficult on yourself. Why? Because friendship with the world is enemy of God. What fellowship has light with darkness? But he's my friend. We love him. We love him just as much as you do. But if God is calling you, it's personal. What are you going to do with it? Hmm? See, our rebellion is what makes Christianity hard. His yoke is easy. Huh? His yoke, in his yoke, we keep company with him. In your yoke, you keep company with the world. In his yoke, we learn and live freely. In your yoke, how you are bound by tradition and past. The yoke is, is a wood, it's a wood, a harness, and it ties two animals together to pull a heavy load. The yoke is not usually painted on the church building. Come to picture out to have a yoke, you know, two animals, or put your head there. It wouldn't be attractive if we put a yoke on the building, right? Come to picture out of and you can put a yoke on you, and we're not yoking. <laughs> No, you're not putting on Bible cover, covers, or, or you don't have a yoke on your neck, an ornament. Right? We don't do that. It works. The other symbol that we often find on churches and on Bible covers is the cross. The cross is the great symbol of Christianity. Is it not? People, the top churches, cover hymnals, live the communion where uh, we have it on a pin, the pal, Sunday jackets, right? Sometimes they put it on the, on the pulpit, you know, over here, a big cross, and, and you know, I thought people would get all, why not you go, you know, you're like, what's going on with that? You don't have a cross on your pulpit. You don't need a cross on your pulpit, you need a cross in your heart. Huh? But some people get all kooky. Why? Because they never had access. They didn't understand ministry. Mm-hmm. So the cross is simply a reminder of everything Jesus suffered. Jesus spoke of the cross as a symbol of Christian dedication, which involved why? Because that's going to keep you, right? And it keeps you, and you can still walk along, and the devil's still trying to hit you, and we're getting deeper and deeper, and you want to get more involved. Why? Because the cross, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, take the cross. Now, if you look at that, let's talk about it. What are you talking about? Take my cross. What do you mean, take my cross? I mean, take my cross. Hmm? No, so when people think, oh, cross or cross my neck. No, that's, a, that's like so ironic how people wear a cross. Oh, a beautiful cross. That would be like a Jew. Wearing a picture of a gas chamber around the neck. Oh, you know, a picture of Auschwitz. Think, think about what I'm saying. The Christian soul will move from the reality of what Jesus did. Jews don't do it. Jews wouldn't do that. They're, they, they know. They know the suffering they have from that chamber, gas chamber. But Christians, how you want to be That's a lovely cross. Are you, are you kidding me? Or just wondering around your neck. We're so removed from what the cross means. 
you. Work while it's day of the night comes when no man can work. Huh? See, if Jesus should carry, huh? death is going to knock on your door. I know you don't want to talk about it, you act like it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. If Jesus carries, death is going to knock on your door. And one day, you're going to wish that you could, you could be used like a Hebrew slave for God's ministry. You're going to wish that we could burn you off the gospel. When you're laying down and it's time to kick rocks, kick the bucket, and you ain't did your bucket list. You didn't even have a bucket to make a list. Amen? Mm, get ready. Because age will get us off. Huh? You know, I, I talked about aging. You know, I finally laid my dad to rest. Because he should have been longer. But it was his inability to do for himself killed him. Because when he came to the point where he could no longer do for himself, he tells me, I want to go home. I go, because he's here. We'll take care of him. Larry, bless him. Jose, help me so much. And he was, he was old, man. And he goes, I want to go home. Because he why you know, Dad, you don't want to go home. Good. And he looked at me. And he, I had control. He could, nothing to do to make me take him home. Nothing. But one thing. He looked at me. Look at me. And your dad, I want to go home. I said, okay. Okay. He goes home. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to go, why do you want to go home? Just tell me why. And he said, you know, I want to go home and die. Age. Death, he, he didn't live his life for the Lord. He got saved to the end. And I know I, 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 those things penetrate me. I, I would take him home and he finally died. And I would say, I want to make my life count. I want to make my life count. Well, people talk, when you try to make your life count, no matter, people ain't going to like you. Because everybody's on the miracle run of life. They kind of, after a while, I don't care how nice a merry-go-round you are, you might have nice pretty dress, nice little toys there on your merry-go-round, but it's still a merry-go-round. And people get jealous of those who are walked by faith, but they're not, well, I don't have a merry-go-round. I, I have like in Disneyland in the Lord, and then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. It's like, well, one day I'm over here at Pirates in the Caribbean, the next minute I'm over here at the, we're little people, and I'm out of, whoa, whoa. Space Mountain, I'm, 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 the thing of God, it is mind-blowing. I don't have a merry-go-round. My world is my merry-go-round. This whole entire globe, and so this is what God has given. And so what happens when those who are stuck in the merry-go-round, stuck, and they know they should have left that merry-go-round a long time ago, but they chose this merry-go-round, they look back, but then it's too So my goal is that we all get off the merry-go-round. That we get involved in God's business. That we use your skills, your talents, everything you have, so that your the world will be your carnival. The world, the globe, my friend. Not just to get back and have margaritas or they're on the beach. Anybody can do that. I'm boring. I'm thinking about you can go play. I've been places. My goodness. I actually, because you know, I'm, a, I'm old school, right? I grew up as a kid. I grew up listening to Beatles. Right? And I'm, I'm listening to Beatles. Songs in London. I'll 
stupid, man. But here I am, Bato Loco from the neighborhood, listening to Beatles songs in London. Having a spot to feed. And then a month later, I'm eating lupias in San Pedro. Running from big giant spiders that scare the heck out of me. Forget it, Dean, what's that? Oh, they was like, what the heck is that? Get a saddle. I mean, like, no. You never know what God's going to do. Is it a, is it a scary time? Of course it is. It's like that, like the first time you've ever been on that, that, that high-powered roller coaster. You know the kind where your feet are dangling? You know, you know, you know I'm talking about you have a minute. Dangling the first time. I remember my, my kids, Anthony and, and Alan and Alicia. No, I, I, Alicia, oh, I got them on. I said, okay, I'm going to take you on this, this roller coaster. Just one time, you get too old but this is, I'm going to break you in. Let's go. Right, so I put them on there, I'm here, and my Lisa's there, and, uh, and uh, Anthony and Albert, right? And we're getting ready to go, and the Lisa's like playing, oh, no, no. I go, no, you don't want to. Come on, Bill, come on, make time enough. She's made, you know, girls. Like, oh, hey, you want to get her off. We can't go, I go, you can get her off right now. Don't make me take it down, I'm coming after you, get her off. Like, okay, okay, we do it. I'm going to get her off. Can't do that to a girl, I'm sorry, right? Take her get her off, she ain't going on. But anyway, I took my boys. I said, okay, this is the guy's team. Really? You know the first one? You know what I'm talking about? You know that feeling you get? Here it comes. Okay. You get it? You got it? I'm telling you, you can describe faith walking just out here all the time. But eventually you get used to it. You ready? Okay, this is what you do. When we hit the top, scream, but yeah. Don't scream like a kid. No, I don't scream like a girl. No, no. Ready? And we did right And then we hit the top. Yeah! It was cool, right? You know, I love that. My kids are yelling. They just yell because they were scared. I know they were. Right? And we, yeah! And that one was like, you did the court screws, you flip it over. That was a nice one. Right? But that's how it is in the thing. Listen, I want to take you. I want to take you for a ride. I'll go with you and I'll yell the first time. Second time, you're on your own. Why? Because you're going to have a blast. Walking with God is a blast. Walking by faith is a great thing. It is. My goodness. I, I, you know, I, I used to be very apprehensive because I had a lot to lose. And I had houses and cars and money. And I was back, and we're talking back in 83, 85, I was making 8K a month. And I was rolling in a door, Ramey. I used to subscribe to Wall Street Journal and all that stupid stuff, right? I got saved and I said, forget all that mess. This stuff right here. This is better than LSD. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is like a, this is a heavy trip. Forget some peyote mess, please. Oh, man. Phew. There ain't no high like the most high. Amen. I was like, this is cool. I got addicted. I'm addicted to the ministry. When I don't do ministry, I, I get strung up. Now, you know, I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm like looking for rocks. You know, I'm not, I need the ministry. Don't act like you don't know what looking for rocks is, right? What do they say? Some of you guys are smoking she rock. You know what rock is? Got a white lips, thought you were getting high. Oh, she rocked, dummy! 
be ready. So you got to be ready to work together. A healthy congregation has a strong work ethic. We don't just work hard, we work smart. We recognize we use our talents. We have a synergy. Huh? So the combined effect of a scene exceeds the sum total of the individual. Synergy. You know what that is, synergy? By the way, some of you here with two horses in Canada. Two. One horse can pull 9,000 pounds. That's a lot of pounds. One horse. The other horse can pull 8,000 pounds. And you add that together, what is that? 17,000 pounds, right? But when you hook those horses on a yoke, right? Together, they were able to pull 30,000 pounds. So there is a dynamic that takes place that when you put your efforts on somebody else, it doesn't just double, it triples what you can do personally. Huh? And that's what we have to work towards, have that kind of synergistic effect. Uh, synergy, we call it fellowship. We call it, we call it agreement. We call it being in one accord. Jesus says, go to the upper room, and when you guys have synergy, I will show up. Huh? He said, when you're in one accord, then the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came with a rushing in, a rushing wind, like fire. Tongues of fire came down. Why? Because they came together. We're talking about the power of two. The power of two or more. When people work together, a dynamic that takes place. See, that's why the enemy wants to individualize us. You take care of your family, and you take care of your family. Because he doesn't know him, good daddy. Good daddy, just to don't get close to each other. Why? Because he understands that if you can come together, you not only you not only can take care of your families, you can take care of ten families. Sweet. Oh, the devil said, no, 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 you ain't got time for it. You ain't got time for it. Don't get involved. No, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't listen right now. Even the devil saying, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen. Don't listen, don't listen to Pastor Al, you're too busy. You can't do it. The enemy works all the time to keep you alone, to separate you. Hmm. I was with the guys at the Lowe's, and there was an older woman there. And I seen her, she, she was shopping for a, a light. And I know this lady, I know over time. She's a widow. Her husband just died like two weeks ago, maybe a She's a widow. And I see her shopping. I see her shopping for a light. Right, guys? Who's with me? My team was with me. Oh, yeah, dude. And I see her, and, and I've seen her. It means I have never seen her. I, see, I was, I just you know, talked to her pastor and did this. But I had seen her twice in the last three or four days at most. I've never seen her. And I, go, and I look at her, and I know she's a little, but I know this. If her husband was alive, he would be there. And she looked at the Bible, God spoke to her. The church is supposed to care for widows. And she was not a member of church, but she's still a widow, and I know her. And I, and I go, What are you doing? She goes, um, I have to put a lie up. And I go, You know, if you need any help, I got a program. That's what we do. We need anything we need to do. And, and you know, I get a bid and, and take up 30% and we'll do it for that. Just we want to help you. She's all oh, really happy. And I felt bad for her. But the only reason that I could extend that to her, the only reason is because I have a group of men who could empower me. So just the fact that we're together 
a synergy is able to help more. So imagine if we can multiply what we're doing now times 10. Think about it. Uh, think about it. Uh, I, I, I dream about it. But what's the problem? There's a problem that comes from that promise. We shouldn't do that. You have to be willing. You can be ready, but if you're not willing, it uh, doesn't happen. Go, as a down player comes up, ask yourself, what are you willing to do for Jesus? What are you willing to do? When does your commitment and obedience start? I don't know someone. So we are called up to this task the marriage of Jesus. That's what we're called. We are. To doing what Jesus asks requires us to separate unto Him, not from each other. We separate it's a personal thing, then we lock in. And then we get close to people. Why? Because when you're with people, you can accomplish more. Then you have those who don't like what I'm saying, so they want to do it on their own. And then they think they're doing God's will, because it looks like godly. But you ever wonder, I have to talk about this earlier, you ever wonder, who are those believers, those Christians that Jesus says, people come up to and say, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, Jesus. Who are those Christians that Jesus says, get away from any of the news, you workers of iniquity? Who are those people? Who are who, who, who they are? I kind of have a hint. But that's for another message. Are you willing? That's the question. And lastly, are you walking with him? We have to work. We have to, well, we have to be ready. We have to be willing. We have to be walking with him. Really walking with him. To be ready, you must be walking with Jesus. And during that walk, ooh, miraculous things take place. You see things happening. And over the scripture, we're told that during worship, there was a great earthquake. It didn't happen while they were at home watching uh, Bill O'Reilly or, or looking at the Super Bowl. No, it says during worship, during when? An earthquake happened. During worship, when you're worshiping God, prison doors open. During worship, I'm not talking, I'm talking about the prison that many people are in their mind, not just the jailhouse. How about the prison of blood addiction, of perversion, being lost? During worship, when people are worshiping God with their life, earthquakes happen, prison doors are popped open. I had a guy, you know, my now, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what his name. Well, when I went, great source, great worship. He just showed up. He walks up to me, throws his pocket, and gives me all his gold. And then he gives me. He goes, I do this. He's doing worship. Doing worship. Doing worship. Prison doors are open. I took out, I got all the stuff, flushed it down the toilet, man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for saving us. Another one. And to me, it was like that guy came up to me and said, Pastor, 
What must I do to be saved? I look at that stuff. I go, you're doing it, brother. You're doing it. During worship, the doors flew open. During worship, the chains fell off. During worship, that's what people say. I want to accept Jesus. So the best part of that whole story is, what must I do? Paul had a wonderful, powerful walk with the Lord. Came to Christ, but Paul was ready. I, I like it. Paul was steady and ready. I pray. I believe there's a lot of people here, but I'm steady. Let me ready.